Are y'all looking at me? <laughs> Say what I'm trying to prove. Y'all not used to seeing me in my robe, huh? Y'all didn't even know I had a robe, huh? <laughs> I look good, though, don't I? I know I look good. You, you got to tell me. Amen. Y'all like, when the world is he going with this? Stick around, you'll find out. Amen, amen. So if you're a first-time guest here at Faith Bible Church, I want to say welcome to our church. Uh, and I uh, also want to welcome uh, those of you who are joining us by television. Let's give our first-time guests and our television audience a big, huge round of applause. Amen. Amen, amen. So today we are covering, uh, we're continuing in our series called What Child Is This? And uh, what I want to do is today, I want to talk about the shepherds, uh, the shepherds. Uh, I remember growing up in a denomination, uh, and I've told some of us about this before, where they, we taught and we were taught that the way that you established and maintained a relationship with Jesus Christ is by what you did and did not do. And they taught us that if you sinned then, and you died without repenting of your sin, that you went to hell. And they taught us that if you did the wrong things and didn't do enough of the right things, you went to hell. And they taught us that any little thing you do yeah, that goes against the word of God basically caused you to lose your salvation. And I remember being deathly afraid that I was going to die and go to hell as a little boy. I'll never forget, I used to have this repetitive dream. And in my dream, I, my daddy, I guess because he was the pastor, was going around in a pickup truck picking people up for the rapture. And, and I'll never forget, every time he came, he would pull up outside our house and they would have the truck, pickup truck loaded down. And my mama would yell out to us, your daddy here, let's go. And everybody would take off, headed for the truck, and I would take off too. But then I will remember I forgot my shoes inside. And I would run back inside, get my shoes, and then I would come back outside, and the pickup truck would be gone. I done missed the rapture. It was torture for me. And I remember feeling like I could never be good enough because every time I would get saved, and I would commit my life to the Lord, and then lo and behold, I would do something bad and lose my salvation. And then I would get saved and commit my life to the Lord, and then lo and behold, guess what? I would do something bad. And at some point when I was about 11 or 12 years old, I just made up in my mind, I'm not cut out for this Christian thing. I can never have a relationship with God. I don't see how those people do it. I don't see how they live without sin. I don't see how they get their act together like that. I, 
I'm just destined, although I don't want to, I'm destined to go to hell. I, I guess I was born unworthy of God's love, incapable of living up to his standard. And so I guess God just don't love me and I don't want it, but Satan, here I come. The shepherds felt the same way. Luke is what the Bible says. It says, in the same region there was some, what's that word? What, staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Next verse says this. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Watch this. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. Verse 10. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be what? For behold, I bring you. What is she bringing them? What is he bringing them? Good news of great joy, which will be for who? Come on. Who's it going to be for? All the people. Verse 11, watch this. It says, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, I got to tell you, the first thing that makes this announcement interesting is who God sends the angel to. The reason why it makes it interesting is because the angel goes to shepherds. It was customary back then when you had a baby to send a herald out to make an announcement that a baby had been born. And a herald was just that, a person who went around making announcements. They didn't have telephones and cell phones and Facebook and Instagram and uh, YouTube and utwitface.com. They didn't have none of that. So they sent somebody out to make an announcement, and they were excited about it. They were glad about it, and the reason why they were glad about it is because having a baby was a sign that the favor of God was upon your life, especially if you had a boy because it meant that God had given you somebody who could carry on the family name. And so whenever they had a baby, they would send this herald out and they would go out announcing to everybody around that so-and-so has had a baby. God does that in this particular uh, situation, except that who he sends the herald or the angel to is a little interesting. The reason why is because you would think and I would think that if the savior of the world is being born, you would send the announcement to a king or you would send the announcement to some type of royalty, or you would send the announcement to the religious leaders. You would send it to somebody important because in our minds, this is an important event, and the way we think is that important stuff needs to go to what, who in our mind are important what? People, certainly not shepherds. Why, Pastor? Because shepherds were considered the bottom of the rung. As a matter of fact, they was considered so the bottom of the rung that most of the time it was the slaves who were picked to be shepherds. 
And so you're talking about a group of people who, first of all, felt unworthy. Unworthy of what, pastor? Unworthy of God's love. Why would you say that? Because shepherds were not allowed in the temple. Why not, pastor? Because most of the time, if for no other reason, they were out seven days a week with the sheep. And then when they did come back in, they were considered ceremonially unclean. And so the religious people said, because they were trying to follow the law to the T, they said to the shepherds, y'all can't come up in our temple. And because y'all were ceremonially unclean. The other reason why they felt unworthy of God's love is because the religious shepherds, if they were with sheep all the time, what you think they smelt like? They smelt like sheep. And so the religious people were like, no, not only can y'all not come into our temple, but don't touch us, don't come around us, don't be associated with us. Number one, because y'all don't worship God and follow the law like we follow the law. And number, ne let a, never mind you can't, but number two, the reason why is because y'all stink physically. And so shepherds felt unworthy of God's love. The second thing about a shepherd is the shepherds not only felt unworthy of God's love, but a shepherd would have felt inadequate. What do you mean by inadequate? I mean, incapable of doing what God told them to do. And the reason why they would have felt incapable of doing what God told them to do is because a shepherd was not able to make it to the temple like God said to on the, the first day of the week because they were out with the sheep. And so they were incapable of fulfilling God's law. The third thing that shepherds felt was they felt unloved. Why they feel unloved? Because nobody wanted to deal with them. They were the outcasts. A lot of shepherds were thieves. They would steal from people. And so all shepherds, because a lot of them were thieves, even if you weren't a thief, guess what you had a reputation as being? A thief. And so nobody wanted to deal with them. So no father wanted a shepherd to marry his daughter. If you were a shepherd and, and you, your, the daughter brought you home, guess what the father would say? Uh-uh, not today. And it wasn't like today where she can just go marry him anyway. Back then, if daddy said you're not marrying him, guess what? You weren't marrying him, and that was just it. Shepherds felt unloved. Now watch this. What does this have to do with us, pastor? Because a lot like the religious people back then, we find ourselves in the same situation today where a lot of people walk into church and if we're not careful, they can leave feeling unworthy. They can leave feeling inadequate and they can very easily leave feeling unloved. Why? Because just like back then, you know, we get saved. And all of a sudden, God cleans us up and he sets us apart and he starts blessing us. And you know, our beacon score go from a 315 to a 635. And all of a sudden, we get righteous. I'm holy. And then, Sister Sookie walks in the back door. 
with her skirt too high for us. We start looking down our nose at her. Some of us with our religious selves even got nerve enough to tell her you can't come in our church like this. Well, this ain't your church. This God's church. And, and you forgot that when you got here, your skirt was shorter than hers. Hello, somebody. We get religious and we get holy. Somebody's sitting here right now today, and you, you looking around and you see all these good Christian people, and you feeling unworthy. Why? Because us Christians, we do a good job of putting on a good front. We show up at the church and you know, we got our clothes pressed and our hair combed and our big Bible in our hands and we worshiping. Everything is thank you, Lord, and hallelujah. And little do you know, they just cussed their spouse out on the way here. Why? Because we were all shepherds at one time. And the difference between the person who is still feeling inadequate, unworthy, and unloved is not whether or not we earned God's love, but instead whether or not we accepted what Christ already did. All of us got issues. Nobody's excused from issues. All of us feel inadequate, feel unworthy, feel unloved. And the difference is not whether or not we've earned the love of Christ because you can do nothing. What word did I say? You can do nothing to earn the love of Christ. Look how y'all looking at me. Give me Romans 3. Romans 3, 20. Watch what it says. Because by the works of the what? No flesh will be justified in his what? What is that saying? That's saying that you can't be justified by following the law. You can't be, just, you, you can't be good enough to, to stand righteous in the sight of God. You, you can't do enough good. Your good can't outweigh your bad enough. It, it's, it's impossible. Watch what he says. He says, for through the law comes the knowledge of what? So what's the purpose of the law, pastor? It, the law is there to let you know how sinful you are. What do you mean? Because some of us can actually fool ourselves into believing that we good. We can fool ourselves into believing that, you know, we got it going on. And listen, if you compare yourself with other people, which is what most of us do, you're probably right. You, you, you'll come to the conclusion that you're good enough. Uh, well, I ain't as bad as, as, as him, you know. Well, I ain't as bad as her. Well, you know, at least I go to church every Sunday. At least I read my Bible. And, and, and somebody sitting in here going, you know, I, I just cussed my husband out on the way here. If I'd have hit him, I'd have killed him, and I, it wasn't because I wasn't trying. But I just let him have a piece of my mind, and then you get to church, and you run into somebody. Everything they say is a Bible verse. <laughs> Everything they say. They know the Bible from cover to cover, and it makes you feel unworthy, 
inadequate and unloved. You get the church, you, 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 you pray and you talk to God and it sounds like God, uh, er, uh, meet us in the dying hour. And then you get to church and you hear somebody praying and folks shout while they pray. And you're going, how, how you make people shout while they pray? And you walk away feeling unworthy, inadequate, and unloved. And, 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 and you see all of these people who seem to be so much further along than you. And they seem like they got it going on. And I just need you to know that none of that stuff makes them right before God. But what the law does is it lets us know that if it's based on what we do and what we don't do, none of us are justified before Christ. Why? Because God demands perfection. Watch this. Next, 21. Watch what he says. He says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. Watch this. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Come on. 22. Even the righteousness of God through what? Come on, y'all. Through what? In who? For all those who what? For there is no what? What is it saying? It's saying, no, go back, go back, go back, go back. Thank you. It says, uh, it said, y'all, I, I don't know where I'm at now. I'm sorry. I'm at, so, for there is no what? Thank you. What, what is it saying? This is what it's saying. It's saying that the only way to be made righteous, the only way to get right before God, is not by what you do and what you don't do, but instead by accepting by faith what Christ has already what? That's what it's saying. Come here, Vic. Come here. Come here, bro. Now, y'all see my robe? Don't I look good in my robe? I bought this robe and I don't never wear it. All right? But this right here is a robe that not everybody can wear. You, you have to be ordained to preach. In other words, somebody's got to lay hands on you. You can't just be a preacher. You have to be an ordained preacher in order to wear this robe. And what happens is there was a time when I was just a preacher. I wasn't allowed to wear this collar or this what? Because although I was a preacher, I had not yet been ordained. And I had to go through this period of time, this period of testing, this period of serving before my pastor would lay hands on me and ordain me and give me all of the rights. And it's a real, you know, legalistic kind of thing or whatever, but it's good, but you know, that kind of thing. But I could not wear this robe or this collar because I hadn't done what it took in order to wear this robe or this what? Collar. Does that make sense? All right. Vic, how my robe look, bro? It's nice, huh? I look righteous, don't I? Come on, tell the truth. Don't it make me look holy, set apart, 
sanctified by the blood of Jesus, a mighty burning fire. Doesn't it? How your robe look? Come on, tell the truth. Depends who in it. I ain't actually how you look. And you listen to your wife too much, first of all. She lying, bro. She lying. I'm telling you, she lying. It's out of love, though. No, but how your, how your robe look? It's dirty. It's dirty. Come on. Raggedy. Raggedy. Come on. Filthy. Filthy. It's too short, too. <laughs> Don't even fit. Is it uncomfortable? It's sticky and wet. That's because I rolled over it with my car before I left the house. Huh? You can feel it? Yeah. You feel dirty even being inside of it. Now watch this. Here's the point. And this is what the Bible is saying. What Christ did was he came to earth. And he said, I have on the robe of righteousness. I have on the robe of holiness. I have on the robe of sanctification. And Vic's in a robe that's been stepped on, that's gotten dirty, that's gotten messed up. It's raggedy, it's tattered, it's torn, it's worn out. And the problem is that there isn't anything that Vic can do about it. He told the Pharisees, he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. In other words, what he was saying is, by following the law, you look good on the outside. But on the inside, you look more like Vic's robe. You're dirty, you're filthy, you're nasty. And what Christ did was, he said, I tell you what, Vic, since you can't do nothing about it, what I'm going to do is... I'm going to take off my robe of righteousness, my robe of holiness, my robe of sanctification, my robe that hadn't been flawed by anything. It's a beautiful robe, and I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to take your robe of sin, your robe of unrighteousness, and I'm going to put this robe on myself, and I'm going to clothe myself in your sin. I'm going to clothe myself in your lack of holiness. I'm going to clothe myself in your lack of righteousness. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my robe and I'm going to put it on you, Vic. And it's going to fit you like it belongs to you, like you earned it even though you haven't. And now when God sees you, he don't see how messed up you are. He don't see how filthy you are. He don't see how dirty you are. But instead, by your faith in me, he sees righteousness. He sees sanctification. He sees holiness. He sees me in you. And that's what God did for us if he could ever get the robe on. You slow, but you're worth waiting on. <laughs> Your arm ain't that big. Randy lying to you. I just told you that. You can't earn it. 
following the law won't get you there. But this says the righteousness of God. How? Not through your works. Not through what you do and what you don't do. But instead, through what? Faith, Faith in who? So the message today is if you came here feeling inadequate, feeling unworthy, feeling unloved, that's why he came here. So that by faith in him, you could be connected to someone who will establish you, who will justify you, who will set you apart. Not because you deserve it, but because he loves you and because you don't deserve it. Without heads bowed. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for justifying us. Like the shepherds, Father, we...